1891, the Qing Dynasty imperial Chinese government decided to make a small coastal town in the Shandong province a defense base against naval attack. Imperial German naval officials observed and reported on this activity of the Chinese during a formal survey of Shaozhou Bay in May 1897. They pretty much immediately then seized and occupied the fortification. While the Germans' taste for beer was not to be quenched just because of their occupation of a, at the time, non-beer-drinking country in China, so they founded an Anglo-German brewery company, Limited, founded a brewery called the Qingtao Brewery. This was a joint stock company based in Hong Kong who owned it then until 1916. In August 16th of that year, an extraordinary general meeting was held in Shanghai. Liquidators were appointed and it was decided the brewery would be sold to Dai Nippon Brewery, which in 1949 was split into Asahi Breweries and what later became Sapporo Brewery. These are Japanese companies. The Japanese military administration in Chengtao approved the liquidation on September 9th, 1916. German equity at the time was approximately 70%. After Japan's surrender, however, to the Allies and its retreat from China, the Qingdao Brewery was turned into a Chinese brewery under ownership of the Su family and supervision of the nationalist government in Nanjing. However, the period only lasted until 1949 when, after a civil war, China was founded. The company was then privatized later in the 1990s and in 1993 merged with three other breweries and our old friends got their thumbs in the pie a bit. Anheuser-Busch then opened, owned 27% of the company. The company once owned several other breweries in China, some of which also produced Changtao beer. However, in 2009, Anheuser-Busch InBev announced it was selling to Asahi, uh, which made Asahi the second largest brewery uh, behind only the Qingtao Brewery Group of the beer. But in 2009, InBev and Asahi all sold their stake to Chinese tycoon Xin Fashu for $235 million. This Chinese beer was brought to us by our very special, very returning guest. Uh, and on the show, he's going to tell about his travels uh, to this this wonderful coastal city as we all enjoy a Qingdao beer. Nick. You're back. Speaking of guests, you feel like a guest in my home with how long you've been out of Seattle, I've you been, traveling boy. I've been out for five days, and before we introduce our guest... And it's like I've never seen you. I, well, hey, then cheers to cheers. all three of us. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers. Uh, yeah, I was out. I was in my pilgrimage, and mm. I gotta say, before we introduce the guest, before we talk about this beer, before we talk about how I fucked up that open, sure. I wanted to talk to you. I got a, bit, a couple gripes right at the top of the okay, show. Okay, right off the top. About last week's episode with your brother. Jumping right? in with dripes. I got some dripes. The first thing is the <laughs> music was unacceptable. <laughs> it was bad. It was can bad. You, can you explain what happened? I'm assuming cell phone near the All mic. All I did was just, yeah, play it off my cell phone. Did it one take, Somewhat, one hot take, someone, unlike that intro that we just had to sit through. <laughs> it, you know, that thing, believe it or not, folks, was edited together. <laughs> uh, all it, right. did, it sounded like shit, yeah. It I was brutal. I should have edited it back in. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, we half-assed this operation. Um, and the only other second thing is your little jab at me, bucko. Yeah, that's hey, it's right. a podcast. Let's go back and forth a little bit. <laughs> you don't have to You've just got, sit I want to let your stories breathe, Joe. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate it. They deserve that much. The quality that they deserve. Yes. All right. Well, those are those are my gripes. And my pilgrimage home went well. My parents actually uh, auctioned off literally every possession mm. to their name. From your childhood home. Correct? Yes. They auctioned off the property, the house, all the buildings on the property, uh, my dad's business, and literally everything that they owned all in one day. It was like the most nerve-wracking yeah, fucking thing. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, to be at. But they're very happy, and they're going to buy an RV. Mm. And they're just going to cruise around the country for the next, like, however many years, find a place to, to settle awesome. down. Yeah, they're they're happy. So I'm happy for them. What's the f- odds-on favorite open up here for city to settle down in? I would say somewhere in Arizona. Okay. But a dark horse might be Austin, Texas, because mm-hmm. I've been talking it up a lot. They're going to go to the south. They want to be somewhere warm. Oh, they're okay. retired. This is all they got to do is sit back, drink Jingtao beers. Uh, you got to stop saying it like that. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep saying it like that. I can I can do what I damn well please. <laughs> and you know what else? Oh, t- t- before we introduce our guest, and we're going to introduce him, the uh, I just want to say your grandfather uh, mm. hanging out at the at mm. the auction. Uh, He's a wheeler dealer. He was a wheeler and he was a dealer. He bought a couple of $1 pallets that were <laughs> filled with, let's just say, well, treasures. Let's say treasures. Uh, Childhood treasures of yours? Yes, he bought them cheap. He did buy my parents' uh, family's couch, our living room couch Ooh. for many years, uh, now owned by him. Are you going to tell me what's happened on that couch? Is that where this is headed? <laughs> it's a family podcast. I think we need to, at that, with that segue, introduce uh, our guest today. Returning guest to the show... Good friend at Brooks Maddock. Brooks Erickson joins us. Brooks, how you doing? Cheers, cheers. again. Cheers, cheers. Thanks for bringing in this beer. You brought it. Uh, you said you were at this place in China. Can you tell us about that? Why were you there? First of all, I just wanted to say it's great to be back in the studio. It's great to be back in Seattle. Uh, since the last time I was on the pod, uh, I've made a move down to Portland, Oregon. That's right. Mm-hmm. Fundamental shift in culture down to yeah. Portland, Seattle's Portland, Portland. Seattle's best neighborhood, yeah. as it's called sometimes. <laughs> uh, but it's good to be back in the studio. Um, good AI, to have you back in the studio. Yeah, thank Damn you. Damn well you. is. Yeah, I've been you know annoying you guys on Twitter for, I don't know, months now. No. You're... There was a certain... Escapade that uh, what now? Well, no, we don't. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Are we gonna Are we gonna talk about uh, the Tecate Syndicate? Is that where you're going with this? Because last time you were on the show, astute listeners will know you brought Tecate in. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's well. That's one. That's one thing that we need to address here. Your Is hatred your, for your, domestic American beers. Uh, no, actually, it's your frequent hate for Tecate. Ever since that we did the ranking for it. But I don't think that's the most pressing issue. Okay. Where the hell is Brian? No, This okay. is hey. insane. We now, said no I, questions. I was going to say, you brought him in here, and I was told there were going to be any questions about Brian. I had him sign the receipt of my lunch at Chipotle, and he said that would stand in for not asking about Brian. Those are long receipts. You gotta have, you gotta have a big signature. I get extra guac. I get extra meat. I get extra. You understand, veggies. sir? That's gonna be twenty five cents. And then Nick puts and up I a stink anyway. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I call the manager out. It takes a half hour, and I never pay him. Well, let's not. Let's just cruise past that. Let's yeah, not worry about that. Yeah, we're all just joking that. around it, here. It was a funny <laughs> bit. It was a joke. <laughs> Don't go into the bathroom of this near the studio. Everything's fine. Uh, by the way, your brother said uh, the episode that was that not supposed to be released. Be named. Yeah, yeah, well, said. that again, we will prosecute if anybody's listening to delete it off your phones. Yeah, go into the downloads on your phone and delete it. Hit, 
delete button. If we could figure out how to take it off the the, the iTunes, feed, the we would. Feed. Uh, your brother said he didn't like it. Did he say he didn't? Yeah, like it? he can go to hell for that. <laughs> you hear me, Z Patriot? Go to hell. <laughs> who did like it? We know of one person who liked it. Yeah, our good buddy at Gamby Pamby liked it. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Who else? Super liked fan it? Kelsey also liked it. So super fan Madison, liked Wisconsin. It. Super fan Brooks. Hey, I enjoyed it. I like to see a oh. little creative direction from the Thank from you. the studio. Well, thanks, man. And then we just let's just move past the fact that we killed and murdered this real person. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. R.I.P. Brian. R.I.P. Um, but but uh, I have no segue to get rest, into the rest beer. in porcelain. <laughs> uh, Pretty good. So we're talking about the brewery. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, sure. Let's talk about the brewery. We'll edit all that out. Uh, uh, Qingtao Brewery. You said you you were here. What the hell were you doing there? Oh, so uh, I think I mentioned this on the last time I was on the pod. Uh, I have done some work with uh, one of my clients was the U.S. hop industry. I've worked with agriculture in the past Mm -hmm. Um, and helping the U.S. hop industry export their product to different places around the world. Mm -hmm. One of those places being the China market. Um, And while we had like a major, more of our focus was on craft brewers there and marketing U.S. hops towards that burgeoning craft brewing scene there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to ignore some of these big guys that have traditionally bought a lot of of U.S. hops in the past. Um, uh, The Qingdao Brewery is out in the, you know, the city of Qingdao, which they goes by a different spelling. Um, Yeah, the spelling is Q-I-N-G-D-A-O. But the spelling of the beer, T I S I N G. Sorry, T S I N G T A O. Do you know why they do that? I think that just over the years, um, it's similar to like in Korea and in Japan, when people have gone to anglicize some of their language over the years, they've different systems have been put in place. And so in some. When some, during some periods of time, the TS is maybe more popular than the Q. Certain era times they got it. Adopted the Q. So the TS is just more phonetically uh, appealing to the Western. Palette. I think they're trying to get people to use the same what the tradition, what the real pronunciation is in Chinese. And certain scholars have thought that maybe a TS sounds more it sounds better than the Q. Or oh, okay, hmm. that's my understanding of it. But I'm not. A, Don't they have Sesame Street over there? Jeez, or we can all agree on a <laughs> pronunciation. They teach us. <laughs> that's all I had from that whole yeah, segment. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, so, but the question is, does, yeah, you said the city is changing its name. Does the beer ch- ever change its name? Or did no, the beer I, lock on one spelling and just say, fuck it, we're not going? Yeah, it, it seems like the beer locked on one spelling okay. there. Well, I mean, originally, I think you covered it in the beginning. The brewery has gone by a number of different names in the right. past. Um, I don't know when the city, I, I mean, uh, Let's let's be clear here. The city's names are not in English. In well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So so when let's yeah, when you're over there, it's going to be the same just characters purely, over the years. Sure. So it's just purely like how they phoneticize it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And you said the city was pretty. I'm looking at some pictures yeah. of it. It is beautiful. Yeah. And I had yeah. I was. I mean, uh, I got some pictures from the city that I was just looking at before I came here oh, to nice. kind of remind myself. Let's get those on the and gram. Being at, those will being be on at the, the brewery. But I mean, uh, we obviously I can't share this with the, the listeners at home. But I mean, beautiful beaches. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's got it's it's breezy. Uh, I mean, it's a mat like a like a major. Uh, 
Chinese city, it's when you're in the middle of it, it's imposing and hot and mm. busy and everything like that. But this one does actually have some like beautiful coastline. Um, and the brewery that has been there for a long time is really kind of like a staple in the middle of the city. And some of the original buildings that uh, you can see when you go on like the Wikipedia page and stuff like that are still there. And they've just kind of built onto them. And you see big brewing tanks on on top of some of these old buildings. And um, you can actually tour around through there and uh, you get a chance to see they're actually growing some hops on the on the premise. Um, You get to kind of go through and see where like all of their ingredients are. They've had you know, sponsorship deals in various professional sports uh, throughout the past, including the NBA. Mm. Um, And overall, they've just done a huge amount of exporting. I think they've done it since like the middle of the 20th century. And so they've had a connection, you know, like outside of China to every part of the world for, for quite a long time. And I think it's their number one most exported beer yeah, from China as yeah, far as I remember. Yeah, it's a behemoth. Yeah, mm. it makes a ton of money. Now, um, speaking of pictures, how are you going to explain <laughs> this one you sent me? Yeah, we'll post this. On, uh, we'll post this on social this media. This is on your Instagram, <laughs> and it's a Qingdao beard label, and then you're standing there in a suit and on the label. On the label, yes, is you're that, imprinted onto the label. That's just photoshopped on there, or what's going on here? Uh, basically, I wish that I wish that this actually was appearing in like Chinese restaurants around the world. <laughs> it was so but, bad. <laughs> I thought it was. But basically, at the end of like uh, some of the big tours there, or, like the specialized tours, gotcha. they'll take you into a room and like they'll let you take a, th- oh. uh, a picture like with a backdrop, and then they throw it on the label for you. <laughs> let you take a couple of home. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's cool. I was I was so hoping that there was like some weird limited release where you posed oh, as like this this the, uh, yeah, Western actor cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Jingdao. Uh yes. cool, cool Americans prefer Jingdao <laughs> and it's Brooks on there. Well, if you go to their fucking website, yeah, now, where some are cool my... Americans on there? Yeah, there's it's so their well their Western website at Singdaobeer.com, the first thing that if you try to go to it. It's not secure. Chrome will stop you. You have to go into advanced settings to be able to get into this website. Oh, mama. Because the communist uh, block oh. likes to watch, and they're, now they're watching out my oh. webcam. It's why I put a piece of uh, masking tape in Do you front. have one over there now? No, no I don't. don't. I, I remember we talked about that at one point. No, I don't, I don't believe that it, uh, people are, are watching me. Who do you think is watching? Do you think it's hackers, or do you think it's the uh, NSA? I think it's my mom. <laughs> well, that's fair. My mom yeah. learned how to hack, <laughs> so she specifically could spy to on watch me. you with no shirt on, sit down at two thirty in the morning, just illuminated by the Come monitor. On, no, <laughs> no, I don't know who. Like, why, why have it just exposed all the time? You know, why not? What are you worried about? They're, everybody has everything. They've stolen your identity. No, it's I, on the market. I know, and there's no reason to think someone would be watching my specific webcam feed. I'm mm-hmm. not that special. Well, yeah, I know. And, but on the off chance, someone's going to use it to like blackmail you for something someday. Yeah. You know? But th- it's purely visual you're worried about. You're not covering up the microphone. You're not sticking a bunch of cotton into like the, Aren't I? the microphone <laughs> port. I've poured so much mac and cheese down the <laughs> microphone port of my yeah. computer. There's no way they can hear anything. Yeah, inadvertently, the NSA can't touch you. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, so you get into the website. Yeah, there's some Western. There's some Western imagery here. We have a yeah. guy, uh, two guys surrounding a couple of women, uh, <laughs> uh, white women, uh, all cheersing Ching Tao. They all have certain characteristics to them. Let's just say the the uh, this this Chinese company believes that what Americans need to see are very fit, very virile men Ooh. and women uh, who display characteristics of uh, childbearing produce, yeah. nature. Yeah, let's just say. <laughs> Uh, so the the website's like almost like a it would be on like a billboard of a shitty schlocky faux luxury apartment building and it would say come live here like everybody's hot here reach your peak here yes that's Whatever. that's the imagery and it's yeah it's insinuating that you get a you get a little boner um, anyway <laughs> I don't know how we got on this I think it's because you we were talking about, we were talking about family this. podcast folks yeah mm. it's a family show. Um, we were talking about this and you brought up, cause we were saying, we don't really exactly know how to say it. And Nick, uh, belittled me for, for saying it as I do. It's like, I say, Buffalo. <laughs> oh I say Qingdao. It's Qingdao, right? Qingdao. Yeah. You actually, you weren't screwing up the pronunciation of Qingdao. You're screwing up the Shandong province like multiple times. But yeah. The Qingdao, we got the lesson right here from the marketing. Yeah. So there's a marketing page on Qingdaobeer.com. That says it's a poster that they created, and it's because of what you brought up, Brooks, earlier, which is it's exported to more than 90 countries and regions, including U.S., Japan, Germany, France, U.K., Italy, and Canada. Uh, And they brought up a marketing campaign that says, consider this your first lesson in Chinese. Just say, and then it's pronounced Qing-Dao. So it's teaching you how to familiarize with this. You're not afraid of it when you go into the grocery store. Yeah. And you go, this is normal. It's okay for me to Yes, I don't have to throw this on the floor. Yeah, yes, in anger. Um, I was just giving you crap, because if you were saying it how you think a local Chinese person would say it. I never you, said like, that. You're, I'm just know, but saying it. It just came off a little bit like you were doing like what? a caricature, perhaps. Uh, and you think I would go there in this podcast? <laughs> I think you might. I think we you have discussed before. in I addition think you will again. In addition, when Brooks came down here to discussing uh, the limits of whether Brian is is approached mm. in this podcast, we discussed the limits of the characterization we were going to do. That was also on. That was my receipt from PF Chang's that he signed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we decided we're not crossing that boundary. <laughs> How do, how's the beer going down? We haven't even talked about the flavor of the beer. Brooks, mm. what do you, what do you, what's your perception of Qingdao? For me, it's going down smooth. It always goes down smooth. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about it because I think that it, it's a beer that I've, I've always had, but rarely have on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this you is with food. Yeah. This is a, this is a, this is a food pairing type of a beer. I don't know if it stands up as a go-to type of yeah. It's not going great, to the gro- <laughs> Yeah, I, I was gonna say so, so. A couple of things might be happening. So you you're this is as we mentioned, it's imported mm-hmm. to the U.S. Actually, imported by what did you fucking say? Jacob earlier? Best Brewing. Jacob Best, Jacob Best Brewing. Astute listeners will know <laughs> Jacob Best is a founder of Pabst Blue Ribbon. 
Mm. So they also have their little greasy hands in all this. Uh, but anyway, if, it, if we went on the history of where most of these companies got founded, somebody had to sleep with some other guy's wife yes. and like take over the company. We, it we've seems seen like that that's a like couple of times. <laughs> yeah, Blads did Blatt's it. Back, I yeah. think that was part of PBR's history too. But anyway, because it's imported, you said this does taste different than when you had it in China, right? First of all, it's hard to it's hard to judge because almost all the time when you get this beer in China, it's not cold. Mm. Oh, okay, and they it drink also comes in like the jumbo bottles, right? Um, and so like it's even less cold by the time that you're actually. Finishing well, if they're the serving at room temperature, then there's no downside. You might as well have the biggest bottles in the world. This is the only downside right. here is if to get like a giant, like if you go to the yard house and you get a three foot oh, yeah, yeah. thing. The downside is that bulb is yeah, boiling hot. It boils by the end of it. <laughs> but in China, if they're serving it that way, yeah, no downside. So, it, so those two combinations make the flavor profile different? I think so. And then normally when you're having this beer, you're usually drinking it with pretty oily, greasy, extremely flavorful, either sweet, sour, spicy Chinese, mm. Chinese food. And I think that the kind of... Man, I don't know what the best way to say it, but kind of the like subtleness of the beer or like the kind of it doesn't have obviously there's no hop flavor that's punching you in yeah, the mouth. Yeah, not at all. There's not even like a really forward malt flavor. You get the kind of like well, you, you mentioned the kind like of there's... skunkiness that you get with like a Heineken or like some yeah. other kind of like lagers and pilsners yep. like that. And this one definitely has that kind of like the um you know it it definitely doesn't have corn in it, but maybe it has that kind of like well, you a mentioned corn. Didn't you it mention has rice? There's yeah, rice yeah. in the brewing process. Yeah, yeah. So for sure, this beer was originally when the Germans made it when they were colonizing China. They are using like Rheinsgebot, so that means you know you only have the four ingredients mm, for the beer. That's right. The German purity law, but you know as things changed hands over the years, uh, you know it's trying to. This claims, cut, it. yeah, this yeah. claims it's crafted using malted barley, hops, yeast, and pure mountain water. Oh, yeah, they are, but they're forgetting to put the, the rice on there. That they cut it with <laughs> to, to save cost. Well, I think one thing you touched on, no. you mentioned it's skunky like Heineken and stuff. Yeah. You've brought this up, Nick, a few times, those green bottles. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Why are we still doing this with our imports and exports? No. Because it tastes like a it green looks, bottled beer. Maybe it looks cooler. It does taste like a green bottled beer. Like does skunky. this taste like, yeah, does it taste like... Not fresh compared to what you've had when you were over there? No, I think this tastes like the average freshness. Okay. I don't think that they, the distributors for Qingdao are so, as stringent as, like, any of, like, the craft. Like, I, I could imagine that this, like, sits around for a while in some warehouses. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think – I mean, when you go to a Chinese restaurant, how many options do you usually have for, for beer? beer? Like, yeah. You're buying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've Are, never I've never been to China, but I've been to Japan, and they're much more of a like known as a beer drinking place. And your your beer options are prevalent. But if you go to like Japanese restaurants here, they don't have a ton of Japanese beers. They have Asahi and they have Sapporo, and that's it. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off, Nick. What no, it's say? all right. Just we're going to transition. You had a nice setup for it, and then we kept talking. Right. Uh, but pairing it, we have a t- parable or terrible. Parable or terrible. Yeah, in the I house. got something spicy to pair with this beer. They're the uh, a Chinese delicacy is what you have. <laughs> yeah, Chinese delicacy. Uh, <laughs> simply Cheetos puffs, white jalapeno or white cheddar and jalapeno. The Chinese jalapeno dish. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but it, yeah, it's spicy. So what spicy. makes these Simply? Why is this Simply Cheetos Puffs? Well, Joe, I'll tell you. At Simply, our snacks are made with ingredients you can feel good about and come from the brands you love. We call this pure deliciousness. <laughs> we got a picture. We of got it. a pic. Uh, okay. And it says, uh, while the spicy kick does the zesty tango on your tongue, the smoothness of real cheese, all caps, will melt in your mouth. Okay. So this is this is some some whole grain Cheetos. Is that oh, what we're trying? Yeah, baby. Organic corn meal. to believe. Expeller pressed sunflower oil. Cheddar cheese made from milk, cheese culture, salt, and enzymes. Maltodextrin, skim milk, sea salt. Oh, maltodextrin, the mm-hmm. the whole grain mm-hmm. that we all love. <laughs> made okay. from corn. So I, what we're saying is we're taking, you know, Brooks was saying this this thing is better with food but is also cut up with a bunch of bullshit. You're mm. trying to take what normally mm. is cut up with a bunch of bullshit Cheetos mm. and reduce it to the simple, you know, it, it's like thousands of years ago when we walked this earth, 2018 to, to be exact, uh, but it's not even what they okay long ago. What is it? Three thousand years? It's three thousand years. Yeah, something like that. Long ago, 4, when we walked this earth, we just picked stuff up the off the ground, potato or whatever, and you'd eat it, and you'd pick up these Cheetos puffs. You could find them at that time mm-hmm. too. That's how simple this is. All right. Well, I'm gonna take some, and also we're gonna see if the the Qingtao beers. I don't want another. The one second there. one goes down better than don't the first pop one. That one. I'm popping it for you. Thanks, Joe. Here you go, buddy. All right, I'm. We'll eat. All right, yeah. So these uh, there's nothing wrong with these as a food product, you know, Joe. These are very good. Okay, I'm serious. <laughs> I thought they were gonna be really stale, like no. other Cheeto puffs that I've had before. Because sometimes these Cheeto puffs get big, and that melt in your mouth quality, um, it's like too much. It just kind of like dissolves, like almost like pop rocks in your mouth. But these actually have some firmness to them. And holy shit, do they have an aftertaste. Good well, lord. Why are they so much smaller than the regular Cheeto Puff? Is that the there, simply part? It must I don't be know. the simply. Yeah. A skinnier? There is something there. Maybe they fry it differently or something. Or maybe there's some sort of a, like chemical agent in the regular ones that, that make yeah. them big. I'm serious. Like, there probably <laughs> no, is something that be. puffs them way out. Whereas <laughs> this is because it's real ingredients. It kind of looks like a shriveled little pee pee. <laughs> like, they're, they have like ridges in them and. They don't have any like like all shriveled little peepees do. <laughs> they have no, in them. all I'm saying is, well, d- depending on your level of what uh, circumcision, all I'm saying is like the when you put a bunch of chemical agents in, you you can create a shape, a very consistent shape. And I think if you do something like this, you can't. These are not that uh, very appealing to look at. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess neither are regular Cheetos. Well, puffs though. Mm, puffs, puffs are more uniform. Yeah. yeah. They're like pr- precise little turds. Our puffs, our puffs, have they been around for a long time? I feel like I never really had puffs. Yeah, a while. When I was a kid, there was definitely puffs. Really? So that's what, 40, 50? Yeah, years. <laughs> 45 years ago, maybe. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, puffs have been around for a while. They're good too. I like them. Yeah. I, I like the melt in your mouth in a certain context. Over regular Cheetos? No, not over regular Cheetos. I think I agree with you on that. Do you like Flamin' Hots over mm. regular Cheetos? No, okay. unpopular opinion. I disagree with you on but... that. Yeah, flaming huts almost are just like they're like the uh, the the Miller High Life to Cheetos is MGD. They're way too mainstream, though. Well, then, what do you think about this spice compared to a flaming hot? Mm-hmm. I like it. It's like subtle. Yeah, and it's aftertaste. That's yeah. a good spice when it's aftertaste mm-hmm. rather than right there. Because it says it's made with jalapeno powder, 
So definitely get that in some way. But yeah, and you get it. You get the spice. It goes fucking perfectly with a beer. It's a really good uh, beer companion. Huh. This beer in particular, yeah, goes well with it. The skunk goes away when you have that spice in your tongue. I mean, I think this beer is really made for just washing down flavorful yeah. stuff. It, yeah. it, it, it's a, like it's a thirst quencher that has some booze in it. It's, yeah. I, I think that more. a lot of Chinese meals as well, like, and I have a little, uh, probably too much experience with this, you're not only drinking the Qingdao They've got the baiju going around, and I don't know if you've ever had that, but it's like the Chinese liquor, which is like a rocket fuel. And oh, right. Jesus. I mean, it burns. <laughs> and the decisions that are made after putting down a bottle of that with a couple of Qingdao's are bad. Not good. I, I've got a bad record with that. So, You've been I mean, arrested in China? I've never been arrested in China. I've had some close calls. Okay. Uh, I've had, I've drank the Baiju and Qingdao like on multiple continents. I had a pretty weird situation that happened to me in uh, South Korea after a pretty big night of Qingdao's and Baiju. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's a good one to share on the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> we you can leave it can't out. tease us. No, like we can this. leave it out if you're. You want us to edit lawyers, it out? What are, what yeah, are your maybe, lawyers yeah, saying? Yeah, maybe, what are your lawyers saying? Well, I just checked my lawyer. He says it's cool. Okay, <laughs> go right. for it. Roll with it. There's a fantastic Chinese dish like in Sichuan, China, that's like the lamb skewers and you do them on a grill. I had some friends visit from college when I lived in South Korea in Seoul. We go to this Chinese restaurant. We do the lamb skewers. We're lining up shots of the baiju, which just translates like white liquor, but it's it's evil. We're probably <laughs> so it's like UV blue. We're putting white down <laughs> we're putting down the big boys of Qingdao. We're pretending like we're still in college, and right. like these are the type of college friends that like where you think that you have to just one up each other over and over sure. and over. And so these guys have probably had the one up on me the last time when we were in college. Sure. But now we're on my turf. Right? <laughs> now he's your rocket. And now fuel. I've and had jet lagged. Now hell. I've had you know six Qingdao's <laughs> and you know a couple of these Baiju shots and right. we go to a bar um, and we're kind of owning this bar. Uh, we got four guys there. I go into the bathroom and Uh-oh. I'm looking. You know, I finish up. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And I'm gone. I'm out of my mind. And I think to myself, well, what's the funniest thing that I can do in this situation? The answer was, I'm just going to take off all of my clothes and stash them behind the toilet and walk out into this bar (laughs) completely nude. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I proceed to do it, walk directly up to the bar, and start ordering drinks. Right. Uh it didn't. Uh, it didn't play well in the bar. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, they had a didn't last long. They had a will. large guy there that, uh, you know, <laughs> his job was to kick people like yeah. me out. Yeah. He luckily let me uh, get my clothes. Uh, there was some pictures taken. I I don't. I think they exist on somebody's hard drive somewhere. Uh-oh. But it was a regretful decision. But you know, very fueled by by the did jet you, fuel. Do you remember yeah. the whole thing? Like, yeah, in your I mind, do, you do? I do. I do. Damn. Unfortunately. And you, how long did you live in South Korea, by the way? Four years. Wow. That's cool. What were you doing there? Uh, I originally just went there to teach English uh, for a year in 2008. Uh, while I was there, the uh, 
kind of the financial system of the entire world decided oh, to right. kind of collapse. And right. I was having a great time and I decided, well, maybe I'll just continue to stay in South Korea. I just signed up for another teaching contract for another year. Then some friends and I decided to like start putting some of our business minds to work. And we started an event company um, basically threw parties a couple times per month. I got on with a couple of all nude com- parties. <laughs> company was called soju lab it was extremely uh (laughs) successful company one of the best in south korea okay okay uh but yeah i ended up staying there for for quite a long time a lot of misadventures with asian beers and asian liquors and all sorts of craziness and now you bring your secrets to this podcast yeah that's right it sounds awesome (laughs) i mean that's the life i was talking about the the show no go ahead i was just to say i was talking about my parents cruising around the country yeah. in retirement. I don't think my dad's going to take off all his clothes stashed behind the <laughs> toilet. But uh, but yeah, it, it's such a like a romantic thing to do to just say fuck it, I'm dropping it, I'm going, I'm going to go. This this thing that that certainly carries risk with it. You know, I I don't know if I'm going to like. Did you know you liked South Korea before you? No, no, I had done a. So my degree was a international business, and as a part of that, I had to go abroad for a semester, and so. Uh, two semesters before I graduated, I kind of just randomly picked Prague, Czech Republic, mm-hmm. and I went and I lived there for six months. As I had come back and I came back and finished school, I wanted to go abroad again, but I also wanted to just go for like an adventure to some kind of place that I didn't know very well. And so sure. Seoul was a great spot to sure. You know, I didn't really know much about it. That's awesome. And so you you went there. You said do you plan on like a year or something, and then you just fell in love with it. Yeah, stayed four years. Hell yeah, nice. Well, that's cool. Um, so I guess coming back to the the, the parable or terrible, <laughs> you got used to drinking Qingdao in uh, a food pairing setting. How does this pairing uh, go? These little penis Cheetos, and and this beer. Man, um, I think it's decent. I mean, because it, these have a little spice, a little bit of flavor. Yeah, they do. Uh, the last time on the, you were on the show, you had also these little shriveled up penises. Now that I think about it, you had these oh, breakfast, had the breakfast sausages. sausages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Jack. Uh, those Jack were links. you guys called them parable, and I hope that you've seen the error of your ways because <laughs> no. those were terrible. No, I've seen the pair of my ways, and I still think <laughs> that they're very parable. <laughs> well, this one I think is as parable as it gets. This, this I think, might be my favorite pairing that we've done on the show. This is fantastic. I, it somehow even the bag matches the mirrors. Mm-hmm. That's um, nice green though. Yeah, all green. Although, yeah, Nick and I have our vocal disagreements with green bottles, but yeah, it, it, it's a nice visual pairing. Uh, what? What about the green bottles? I think they're bad. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. I guess I'm saying we're on this uh, united oh, front. Oh, we disagree. That we with disagree with the, the idea yeah, of the concept green of green. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mick, what do you think? I think it's very parable. Yes. It's I, parable. By the way, what do you think about this? Little PP Cheetos, Chotos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Is that well, parable? these are not in the shape of a. Choto. I know. I know. <laughs> but like, just the general idea. Yeah, I like it a lot. Okay. Thank you. You were coming up with that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Is that why you were in the corner? <laughs> the whole Nick yeah, got up, took his time. headphones off, and rocked himself with holding I, his yeah, knees in the and corner. And I had my forehead in my hands. Lit just... up a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> came back and went. I got it. Basically, Left I... a pile of crumpled papers in the corner, and then came back. <laughs> Uh, I think it was very good. You did very good. Thank you're, you, Joy. You're a good boy. Um, 
Okay, well, I'm on my second Qingdao, and I got to say, I knew this was going to happen. The first one's skunky. The second one, and Brooks's, with Brooks's advice of pairing it with food, and then uh, just it being the second beer, much, much better. I think you're right. I think this is it's meant, meant to, food, to yeah. yeah, it's meant to wash over uh, delicious Chinese flavors or just, you know, spice, whatever. I'm not meant to just... It has no sippability at all. It maybe is almost the the worst sippability uh, that we have, but it's it's pure <laughs> sessionability. Yeah, pure sessionability. But uh, I I'll hope that Nick would agree with me. I've heard this song and dance before from you. <laughs> I remember it was this the Tecate episode. Yeah. You here get, we go. We're he back gets a couple <laughs> couple deep in in yep. a couple of beers, and he's romanticizing the beer with me. I am. Yep. Gonna are look we back gonna on are this. we gonna hold him to? <laughs> Is Cold Can Nation's gonna hold Joe to his opinions that he states on the show? Because speak truth to power, man. Speak <laughs> yeah. truth to power. If anybody wants to go back and actually call me out, God bless you. Because <laughs> no, I I do think I'm gonna look back on this beer, and right now in this moment, I'm in the groove, baby. Mm. This is uh, I could drink a couple too many of these. In fact, I, I'm many. in the middle of drinking a couple oh, too yeah. many of them. Um, but uh, yeah. I do think I'll look back and remember that first one I had, and it wasn't very good in isolation. I gotta say, it was—it's probably because it's imported, but it was a little skunky, too skunky. And I, I mean, I think everything we said, or everything Brooks said, really—it's just made to be consumed with food. Pure I hated the first one. I hated the first one. It's yeah. Terrible. Terrible. How's the second one that you also don't open it, Joey? <laughs> don't do it. How I'm is a it? nerd. I'm not trying to drink two beers after eight p.m. Okay. It's a new rule. You only drink new rule. You only drink more than one beer before, before eight p.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. on weeknights. Look, on weeknights, I can I can't drink this late. <laughs> I only drink beers before two p.m. Uh, My podiatrist said it's very important. <laughs> well, no, I was trying to go for like I'm a kid, so pediatric specialist. My pediatric specialist said it's very important. We'll edit that together so you sound like the wittiest guy. Okay, here we go. My pediatric specialist said it's very important that I only have two. <laughs> yeah. That's good. You're a good boy. Uh, By the way, speaking of a little while back there, we talked about having a couple too many. A couple too many. many. Mr. Couple Too Many Casey, uh, he he was, I was with him when I was back home. We were doing our auction. All right. He had his cold cans shirt on. He was representing. Hell yeah. He specifically called you out and blamed you (laughs) for cutting him out of the cold cans operation. Now, astute listeners will know he was our boots on the ground. Yeah, the whole operation. Stutes listeners will know he was our boots on the ground. He was out there. He was going to Blatt's Fest, which came and went recently, and we missed it. We missed round two. Uh, I think our boots on the ground didn't report back uh, that 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 was happening. So so the first thing I told him is I said, you gave up on us because we wanted him to drink a Mickey's in a parking lot of the gas station and then report on his experience. (laughs) We were going to go with that, and then he never did it. And that's when he thought that you changed the Snapchat password out from under him <laughs> and then acted like you didn't remember what it is. I did not change it. What is you, it? I Say have... the password on air. What no. is the Snapchat password? I have it on autofill on my phone, so oh, I don't, so you don't know remember. what it is. That's a problem, though. It is. It's a bigger problem overall, so we can stop talking about that I changed it. We can get into the bigger problem of <laughs> not remembering passwords. Just like I don't think Brian that's a topic. Yeah, we can just stop about it and we go on. <laughs> All right. I he claims that I know, you, you cut him out of this operation. Me. You messaged me that night. I said I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. I think it. I think he figured it out though because I logged in today. Someone was in and there, and someone had been 
fishing around in there. Were they taking any snaps? <laughs> Did you see any little shriveled up peepees? <laughs> oh, I didn't look at that, actually. I only saw that they had watched, because our Seattle group, like Seattle Snapchat group, the Colcan Snapchat is a part of that. And so every okay. Snapchat we send to that gets posted. And it was only stuff from the most recent day. Oh, so they went and watched. Well, isn't Snapchat by its nature only a day? Doesn't it go away after a day? Not direct, uh, not direct messages. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about Snapchat. those. Will last forever. Isn't there? Isn't there a third party social media person here that could be the one that's really throwing all the wrenches? Somebody's wife. She. There were there were two third party. <laughs> so here's one thing that must be noted. My wife, my Devin. wife, Devin, she uh, she only controls Instagram. She only controls the Instagram portion. Okay. Snapchat, only one other person besides Casey had the password. Mm-hmm. And let's just say, rest in porcelain, because he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't heard from him. So I, let's just say I highly doubt Brian's been logging into this, this Nicola Cad Snapchat. <laughs> No, they Casey. Are, I, let I us know if you haven't logged in. I'll try. I'll change the password for Christ's sake. Casey, tweet at us at Cold Cans Podcast, <laughs> or text us, or yeah. call us. Call yeah. us. We haven't heard from you, buddy. Well, I did, but you know Nick hasn't. But speaking of tweeting at us, we got a mailbag this week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're opening up the mailbag. Open. All right. Um. Spencer, who has also been on the show, our good friend Spencer, told us um, about the Dale's Pale Ale episode. Mm. So Spencer claims that throughout college, he and our other roommate, Andrew, um, absolutely loved it. And that we, none of us had the palate for it. We weren't sophisticated enough to understand the intricacies and the delicacies of Dale's Pale Ale. Um, and he wanted that to be publicly known. <laughs> and what I'll say is that they didn't have the palate for it, neither Spencer nor Andrew. They just wanted to believe, to. yes, that they did. And I'll say one more thing. Dale's sucks. Looking back, it sucked. I said it on the show, Brooks. It sucked. You like Dale's You're pale You're on the record. A lot You're of on nodding the there. <laughs> you think it sucks? Have you had it? I've, I've, I've had it, but I haven't had it for a while. I actually was going to pick some up after your last episode. Oh, nice. I'm. Well, don't. It's bad. You are on the record for that, so you, I'm going to hold you. I, that one's bad. I don't think I want to get it now. All right, good. No. Don't, well, I'll say it with a mouthful of Cheetos. Don't listen to Bombastic Joe. It's a fine beer, okay? <laughs> it's a fine beer. Well, I, look, I'm not just – sometimes I, I polish a stone a little bit for the podcast. I let everybody know something that I maybe don't t- truly believe. I'm just trying to get your goat a little bit, right? <laughs> But I stand firm. Dale sucks. Like, it's not good. It, it, it's bad. It should have been in deplorables. It's that bad. It's an atrocious beer. It's the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> it's been around for a long time, though. He brewed it in a bucket in but, Auburn but, but or But many whatever. of those early, like, craft beers, they just don't hold up. That's a good point. And they don't expand to, like, a big uh, national brand like Dale's did. Yeah, that's true. But I think I think maybe that's what happened with Dales. I bet if you had a Dales, you had a Dales in like two thousand. I don't know what two thousand five or something. Yeah, like right. It was probably like pretty damn pretty good. good. And mm-hmm. if you had it, you probably had it locally then, so they weren't having like import export issues like we just talked about here, where you know something's sitting on a factory floor getting heated and then cooled, heated and then cooled, and then mm-hmm. you have it. Um, so I think it's just the the manner of mass market beer, which is. Why I bring up, like, when I can appreciate when a mass market beer actually tastes good. Like, those people have their supply chain down. 
like to make it consistent and to make it such that you open it, it's always going to taste the same. And even if it's not wonderful, it's it's consistency is good. And you know, again, sure, da- saying Dale's has some supply chain issues. I think it might. <laughs> I think they need to give me a call. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think maybe even like you mentioned, like maybe uh, uh, Qingdao isn't isn't particularly consistent with with how they import and export. I don't know. All but, right. Let me read a beer advocate review. Let's get here. to the B. Let's get to the, the B. BA. Uh, I can't get my hand. I can't keep my hands off these little peepees. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from user at little peepee, beer boy. A little That's my account on beer advocate. <laughs> this does honestly sound like one that like a character that you sometimes do on the show would write. Not that it not like Jesse or any of the main ones, but just like the guy. Yeah. A little skunky, light, some barley notes on the back end. Definitely not as impressive as what Japan has done with some of their rice lagers, mm-hmm. which have, which remain to be some of my go-to beers to this day. I don't think I need to mention any specific beer names because everyone in this beer community should know which ones I am talking about, oh, especially one that is mass-produced here in the USA. Oh, well, enough jibber-jabber. Cheers. Gives it a C. And then he has his own grading scale. He says C, 75 to 79 score range. (laughs) (laughs) Enough. I love the enough jibber-jabber. Sometimes it feels like Beer Advocate opened a hotline and people are leaving voicemails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then they just transcribe them to these reviews. What are you talking? Erase the last line. I know. Or if you think it's jibber-jabber, go edit yourself. Mm -hmm. Show us, don't tell us. (laughs) Oh, well, enough enough of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hit send then. Uh, also, overall, this has a 2.76 out of 5, or mm. pour. Mm-hmm. And, and don't pour me another. Yeah. Thank you. Y- no, yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody gave you a you're welcome. I think, I think it's skunky. I think that's a big problem. Yes. I think for beer advocate, these guys are always going to, I mean, this is one of the most mass-produced beers in yeah. the entire world. I mean, in China, there's still a couple that are, I think, even bit, m- m- like more consumed. I think there's like Snow and Yanjing, but like in wow. terms of like exports from China, this is the number one one. But like, I mean, this there's so much of this beer being made, mm. um, and it seems like the beer advocate people are always having a problem with these. Yeah, for sure. Super mass-produced. And I don't think they're willing to look at it as something that's meant to be consumed with food. They would just be like, "I'm going to analyze this, like oh, every little point. bit of it," and so they'll hammer it pretty hard because of that. Right. Because it's not good that way. Right. And and that's actually the purpose and intent of beer advocate. Right. If you were to have What's this in beer? isolation, yes. what is it? Yeah. yeah. So it should be bad, but maybe we shouldn't base this. Uh, the beer advocate review in any way on our own rankings. This rating system is one of the most scientific that I've ever seen. The cold cans method. <laughs> if people go back and listen to the first episode, the first word spoken. Yeah. We talked about mouthfeel. We were going to put a bunch of factors into it. And I got to say, we, we do it every single time. We stick to it. We adhere to it. You talked about the German it's our purity. Bible. It's our Bible. <laughs> you talked about the German purity laws. We have the cold cans purity laws here. Uh, and we stick to it. CCP. Yeah, we have the CCPs. Okay, should we... Uh, we're ready for rankings, Let's right? rank this sorry son of a bitch. All right. Oh, boy. Um, we have... We got tiers. And if you go to coldcatspodcast.com slash rankings, you can see the tiers for yourself. My dear boy. Beer tier, the cream of the crop. Uh, it's not going to be there. That goes all the way down from one through eight, Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. Then we have wild cards. It's not going to be there. That's number nine, Red Hook ESB. 
all the way down to number 24, Ugly Pug. Mild cards. Mm-hmm. It could show up here, but I highly doubt it. Uh, that's you went to Baba Black Lager all the way down to number 37, Ianger. Ianger Brow Ice. Um, and then we have the Deplorables. It possibly could be here. That's number 38, Bud Light Lime. All the way down to 52 Olympia, and then we have the Russian Radioactives. That's Palisades Pineapple to Sparks. Brooks, unlike uh, what uh, Zach Patrie adamantly, <laughs> apparently unilaterally instituted as law on this show, uh, I think you have to say in these He rankings. doesn't prefer it, and he practiced what he preached, and right. he didn't do it. He didn't. Yes, he can, he can preach. Preach, Zach. Preach. Uh, I thank you for being on the show as well. I think you guys, that episode really was great. I gave you a little gaffe at the top, but it was good. Brooks, where do you, where, what do you have it? Looking at those tiers, looking at these rankings. This is a beer that I have a lot of history with. And I you do. Really, and I really like it in terms of what it is, but I don't think that it's, it doesn't hold up versus some of these other beers, um, definitely as a standalone. Um, and so it's, kind of hard for me to I don't want to call it a deplorable though I think that that's got written all over well I'm not sure about that I'm putting it I'm putting I'm saying I'm saying you're scrolling up too far Brooks is scrolling through the no I'm at the wrong I'm at the wrong I'm at the wrong space I'm saying I'm saying 37 right after Heineken Okay. okay. But I haven't had eyeing or brow wipes. But you have 38 Bud Light Lime. <laughs> Come on. I mean. Hey, Bud Light Lime's good. And, and then, so what, and then what was your, your Guinness draft at 39? You guys had some like, what would you have, like broken bot? What was the thing you didn't have the thing with the. The widget? Yeah, was, no, did Nick, we didn't have a cup to we did have a cup to pour to pour it in. So we yeah. were drinking, Which and then eventually essential. Nick ripped the can apart with his bare hands, <laughs> like did. the man he is, and pulled the widget right out. And uh, it's a ping pong. It's ball. Safe to say, the deplorables just turns into like all the times that you guys just got too drunk on this show, and you have <laughs> yeah. no idea. Well, it's mass market <laughs> shit. Yeah, um, it's mostly mass market. Stuff. And by the way, Which I this just would fall into. This did, is I, this is mass market. You have to agree with it's, that. It is mass. That's why I said it's got it written all over mm-hmm. it. And I just wanted to say, when you pulled the widget out, I got to say, Nick, and Nick likes pulling on <laughs> his little widget. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, deplorables, I think with it fits. With my bare hands. I disagree. Yeah, with your bare hands. Um, I disagree with the mm. with your ranking at thirty seven. So you had it just below Heineken, just above Eyinger Brow Ice. It has a very similar profile to Heineken. It does. Heineken probably belongs maybe a little down. Heineken's further. more crisper. Yeah, maybe in the two thousand nineteen great re ranks, uh, <laughs> Heineken will fall back down. I I think it's in deplorables oh, range. Boy. Nick, what do you think? I think it's in deplorables range as well. I don't because putting it in context of having it. I mean, if we had the history with it that Brooks mm-hmm. over here has, maybe mm-hmm. it would be up a little bit further. Yeah. But this has got to be down around, like, I don't know, even Molson Canadian or I Milwaukee's just best looking premium. There. And that sucks. And Brooks, Schlitz under Schlitz. Schlitz is good beer. Oh. Schlitz is good beer. Joseph Watch Schlitz yourself. Brewing Company. Your... Watch yourself. <laughs> I'm with you on that, Nick. I think that it's... It's right down there. I like that slot between Schlitz and Molson. That puts it at 50. So we're 20 spots off from our guest. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he had it at 30. Um, no, 37, right? I had it at 37. Oh, yeah, you're right. 37. Yeah, 37. Sorry. Let's look at some. Okay, we have Bud so, Light Lime, Guinness Draft Stout, 
Pabst Blue Ribbon, Rolling Rock, MGD. Chef and Hoover have a great fruit beer. Mm-hmm. Coors Light, Miller Light, Michelob Ultra, Miller, Miller 64. 64. It starts to fall apart a little in there. Budweiser, Schlitz. So you're putting it behind America. The only thing is he read that. I could see myself putting this behind Coors Light and above Miller Light at 45, but I would be willing to put it down at 50. I just think I've never had a Miller Light that's that skunky on its own. It was skunky. And I don't really really like to drink beer while I'm eating either because it fills me up too fast. So for that, it's like that doesn't push it up that far in my mind. Though I do agree it was good for that. And maybe if we had scenario, if we had the experience. You like the skunk. I'm a skunk boy. <laughs> wow. He's the big skunk the big boy. Skunk boy. BSB. The BSB, Brooks Maddock. <laughs> I, I actually could see that. Like, I could see, like, eventually kind of coming around to, like, I really need a beer taste. And instead of hoppiness, instead of maltiness, I want that just like that shitty fucking skunk. And it probably. I think we've said the same thing about, no, but I, like, well, Miller Lite, though. Yeah, no, you know, no, that it no, tastes no, like a beer. No, mi- yeah, but Miller Lite tastes like a beer, but it doesn't have the skunk. Miller Lite, no, has it's not the skunky. Sweet- Miller Lite has yeah. that like sweetness, which uh, most yeah. of the American. And then when you go to the Euros and the Asians, I think you get this like a little bit of this like more of the skunk. And it's either like the yeast or the malt or the rice or I don't know what I don't know which yeah. characteristic it is. It's unique, but yeah, like like you brought up Heineken, same thing. That kind of skunky taste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it just is a matter of like I'm a little bit more cultured culture than you yeah guys. I knew he was going there I fucking knew he was going with it <laughs> but I don't think the, I, didn't, I didn't take the I didn't taste that any of the Japanese beers I had I loved Japanese beers and the beers. Japanese ones are interesting because I think that maybe they could taste similar they always are serving them so damn cold that could that, be a big thing could, maybe this is happen. meant to be served warm but they're yeah, served cold they're here you, cold. you buy them in a grocery store and they're cold yeah I think I think if we had the experiences that he had, if we were eating like the big if seasoning and spiciness, um, we'd potentially be there. But as you know, we adhere to a strict scientific <laughs> standard, and uh, and our level of, of culture. Uh, yes. Well, that goes into it. So, what do you say? Fifty <laughs> behind Schlitz, above Molson Canadian. I say fifty. We do a power move. We put mm. Brooks back in his place under the Zach put Patriot him on blast. <laughs> The Zach Patry Amendment of 2018, <laughs> in which the guest's opinion matters not. <laughs> well, here's what the only thing is. The guest certainly should voice his opinion. I know, I know. His or her. And we learned our lesson with Palisades Pineapple when that opinion went way too high. <laughs> um, and And I think here we maybe this may be a beer we come back to and we say, we rank that too low. Mm-hmm. Beer wasn't that bad. Brooks got it for us. He's a good guy. How about this? How about this? I will I will agree with you on a low ranking today. <laughs> if I can be involved in the re-ranking, the great re ranking of twenty nineteen. Okay. I okay. think I think that that I think once, I think once, I think once you guys develop a better perspective, a world perspective, maybe you Delta boys get out there, <laughs> get your platinum medallion or something, you know. I'm an American go Airlines boy. That means I'm domestic flights only. I think I think one of the flight attendants uh, for Delta can coax you out there. He's such a good boy. Why don't we get him all the way out to to the uh, we'll the, the fully comped. He's a very good boy. I'm gonna yeah. get him a hot towel and some orange slices for my good boy here. For my very good boy. Well, if she knew it was what was correct, she would get you uh, 
Uh, pure deliciousness, simply Cheetos Puffs, mm. white cheddar the jalapeno The day Delta Cheetos. offers those in their snack pack, that's the day I become a big Delta boy. So oh. Instead then, of the BAB, you're the BBB. Bab. And thank you to the BSB, the big skunk boy, for coming out. Um, Brooks, as always, it was a genuine pleasure. Thank you for being back. And please thank come you, back sir. to Seattle more. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. The Cold Cans Podcast is recorded in the Overcast Room at Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington. Visit cloudstudioseattle.com 